WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosie. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosie. What do you plan to do after the All-Star game to get better? Buy you a new jacket. says haterade it doesn't necessarily mean there's haterade in it it's water it just happens to go into the fountain of haterade that is yours truly hi there film lovers welcome to film sociology a film talk show here on wfyi hd to the point and wfyi.org if you have a question or a comment you can email me at msoce that's m-s-o-c-e-y at wfyi.org also on facebook also on the twitter at matthew Sosi. This show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog. Hopefully next week will be the debut of WFYI Staff Picks, so we sound like Half Price Books. And uh, you can check out our uh, our blog at filmsociology.tumblr.com. Man who is still surviving Benny Hanna's. That's uh, Kobe Slagle. What? You took you took the Twilight correspondent. That would yes. be First Week Bianca. It was her birthday. Who is, who is in the process of being reassigned here at Film Social. Oh, she can't be the Twilight now well, that the saga is over. Yeah, she'll find some other terrible chick lit to read and want to watch. Uh, maybe it's written from the seventies. Hey, maybe I doubt it though, because <laughs> they're they're dirty and they don't wash. Yep. Anyway, happy birthday, First Week Bianca. But that's Kobe Slagle. Yep. And uh, hanging out with me is uh, a couple of gentlemen. Every now and then we like to just mix it up. And uh, you you two have not met, right, uh, prior to this afternoon. Am I right? We have time. not. Yeah, so no, we have uh, Craig Mintz, which is uh, uh, who we call IMAX Guru here in Indianapolis. You can uh, check out his work and his, his theater downtown. Always worth uh, worth checking out. And uh, and Steve Cook, who's been on the show before. But you've both been on the show before, but it's been a while. We have. Thank you. Not long enough. Back. Good to have you here. So we will we will get to apparently some movie news happened this week, but uh, we will get to that in a little bit because it, I will say it was fun not being online when the nominations came out. I I, I remember I posted fill in the blank was robbed and then I I went and had lunch so and <laughs> breakfast and shopping so that was all right. But I do want to talk about one of the films that is finally opening in Indianapolis, uh, especially because it was all over the news Thursday with the Academy Award nominations. Zero Dark Thirty, yes, the Osama, the Kill Bin Laden film directed by Catherine Bigelow, starring everyone's favorite uh, subject of people of uh, everyone's favorite person to have you get tortured by. That's Jessica Chastain. <laughs> now, for once, this is actually. Based on a true story, inspired by a true story. Every other film is now based or inspired by a true story. I don't care anymore. Uh, this one, yeah, you do care a little bit. So, um, well, this is what I, I guess uh, we we shouldn't ruin the ending for anybody about this one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like even even more than Apollo thirteen or some other things. Um, the thing about this picture, and and it's funny, I got to see this. I was telling these guys, I, I had saw it at a press screening weeks ago, and you know, the the sign of a good film is that it, even though it's been weeks after the fact, you're still talking about, it, you're still thinking about it, and uh, yes, it, it's also been in the news because you know there's been question on whether 
the United States government has ever used torture tap- tactics. In other news, the sun rises and sets. Um, <laughs> that being said, watching this picture, and, and of course, uh, you know, the trailers are supposed to get you excited and get you enticed. And, and I'm not saying that the trailer for Zero Dark Thirty is a little misleading, but I will warn folks that this is a procedural film. This is a film that I like to put in the same category as All the President's Men and the underappreciated David Fincher film Zodiac. Um, it is. It is. Are you saying it's a pot boiler? I could be saying it's a. Yeah, actually, I am saying it's a pot boiler. Jerk. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, it is not a Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson, uh, flag waving Michael Bay rah rah picture. Um, that's a good thing, and that's a yeah. very good thing. Um, Jessica Chastain plays the one, basically the new agent. As you see at the beginning of the film, she is new to this job, but she is not plucky. She is not spunky. She is not you know idealistic. She's not Sandy Dennison up the down staircase or any. I, I know I'm using teacher comparisons or you know uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds of you know really really hoping to make a difference and then just getting beat down on with bureaucratic red tape, which kind of happens in this picture. Um, her character, this becomes her one and only task. And what's really helpful is that some of the people she comes uh, in cro- across uh, from and, and dealing with, including Mark Strong, who Chris Lloyd of the film app has always, I think he's made the point, if Mark Strong is in your film, he's your villain. Yeah. And, and he's not in this one, he is... But it's not also the pencil-pushing, shoulder-shrugging bureaucrat as well. Everything – there. I, this is a film that I'm also rewarding for what it, it, it is not because we've seen these characters, we've seen these storylines thousands of times. And the fact that it's not this and it's um, – yes, you, if you want some action, you do get it in the last 40, 40 minutes or so with the, you know, the, the, kid, from, uh, the kid from Warrior and uh, <laughs> the one who's the dad of Timothy Green. Um, but you do get your, your – you know, night vision, shoot him up, and and well done. The, the the ending of the film. Well, I'm not giving away a lot because we already talked about. <laughs> we know what happens, uh, but there is a little reminiscent of the Hurt Locker or even the Graduate. And if you know those films, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's it's what happens when you're. And it's funny. We, that's another thing we don't see in cop or action films is what happens when the task is done. And it, it gives a it gives a really nice button to this. Jessica Chastain's been one of the busiest actresses in the last few years. She got of course got nominated for the help and was in every other film last year with pictures like The Debt and uh Coriolanus and uh, you know, she was married to Michael Shannon, which is always inspirational in uh, Take Shelter <laughs> and Tree Zod of Life. What? Is that the future Zod Michael Shannon? It is the future Zod Michael Shannon. Take Shelter was just an, uh, an underappreciated film, and hey, any film where Michael Shannon's married to Jessica Ta- Chastain, that's that's a good thing. But so she's she's really been working in this, and it's a very intense role, very understated at the same time, and you know she got a nomination for good reason. So really, really enjoyed this film. It's well worth the buzz, well worth the uh, the. Uh, Accolades that's received so far. You got Sir Ben with my reaction. Yes, 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 yes. Now, Craig, you you've also seen this. I have not actually. Okay, you have not. I'm sorry. I want. I know. It's I've one not. of the few I have not seen. Okay, so well, it's there, so yeah. you can go check that that's out. It's my weekend plan right there. Very you know? good, very good. So, but that is also that is opened up, and uh, is that it? No, that's not it. Holy Motors opened as well mm-hmm. in theaters, and uh, oh yeah, Haunted House, not screened for press. <laughs> And Gangster Squad. Oh, yeah, Gangster Squad, yes. Uh, or Also known as the reason why Emma Stone was at the Oscar presentation yesterday <laughs> so she could promote Gangster Squad. Early reviews, not so good? Um, Onion didn't like it. Yeah. Great cast, yeah. uh, but they've said it's. we've seen it before. Yeah. We've seen it done before and before done that. better. Where the hell are you going? <laughs> Kobe's stepping out for a little bit. <laughs> we, we talk about shop on the air. Oh, okay. Isn't that nice? So, any great, any great. Uh, you know what, Cove? Let's let's uh, let's skip the break. Let's keep going. We'll talk about what's new on DVD and uh, and Blu-ray, and then we'll get into big, big Oscar chatting. Um, you, you know, the last few weeks, especially with uh, talking about things that I'm still thinking about weeks after the fact. Kobe's uh, Grateful Dead Europe '72, also known as the <laughs> highlight reel, 
We had a 48-minute highlight reel, ladies and gentlemen, and we thank Kobe Slagle for all of his uh, due diligence in making that happen. Um, but that being said, <laughs> but we're still catching up. We're still catching up on <laughs> the time we could have used on that. But no, 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 no. But but along the way, we've been we we came up with some sound clips that we like to use and hopefully use them in everyday life. I guess I, I'm not going to ask for an example, but. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, however, we did find something that, and I can't believe I'm using this as the top film to discuss on the uh, the DVD and Blu-ray pile. But I actually saw the film Dread. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, okay, a couple things. First off, yeah, I remember writing on Facebook, just be better than the Sly version from the mid-'90s. Yeah, uh, kind not of a low bar. Right. Yeah, not saying much. Yeah, not saying much. Um, and it is. And uh, bad timing for this picture. If I it came out months after The Avengers and Dark Knight. I would have been interested to see if it had come out before, if it, if they put it out in the spring or even in the dead of winter last year. I don't know when it got completed. It also did have that looks like it's been on the shelf feel for a while. Um by the way, the, the Onion also has their winter movie preview. The I think they said the most horrible time of the year. And they're talking about the number of films that have been on the shelf and delayed and like like Gangster Squad was supposed to have come out last year and uh, they're finally getting around to it. But uh but Dread, you have uh a similar story. you have Carl Urban who uh who gets a starring role and good for him. He's got mm-hmm. t- time to kill between Star Trek gigs. Yeah. Although he has to wear a mask the whole He does time, have to like... wear a mask, but he he's kind of doing what I think a lot of actors or and audience members wish they could do, and that's imitate Clint Eastwood. <laughs> remember, remember how well Kurt Russell imitated Clint Eastwood in in films like Escape from New York and mm-hmm. at to- most of the time in Tombstone. I think everybody just wants to be the silent stoic badass, and uh, and he he gets to do this in, at the times. And even though he's got the giant mask and all you see is his stubbled lower face, or it looks like the the microphone cam in the last Neil Young concert documentary. Um, there, he made me chuckle, and because he just had the right tone of, yeah, I know I'm making this kind of movie, and that that's kind of half the battle. This was a, a apparently a British South African uh, production, and it's in the you know, was it Cursed Earth and Mega City One, which uh-huh. looks like South Africa. Yeah, I think we it was it was the city. You could see District Nine from there, and uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, there is a apparently it's like a 200 floor. Uh, Cabrini green like tower that is a city and it's overrun by a drug lord played by Lena Hetty, um, who we know from she was the queen in 300 and she played Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles I remember her as not Kiara Knightley in the Brothers Grimm and even as far back as Remains of the Day so so there's the the female drug lord who is very very brutal and but at the same time Dredd also has to take in a new partner a rookie partner who's also a psychic Played by Olivia Thurby, who was uh, the sidekick in Juno and in Margaret's, and she was also in Snow Angels and United ninety three. Um, and it's I, I'm sure it, it's it was shot in three D. Obviously, I didn't see it in three D, but it's very bloody, and it, it there is a lot of uh, gotcha splatter moments of, of body parts and gunfare. That being said, I actually wound up not hating the film, um, which is a ringing endorsement. <laughs> part of it because of Urban's performance. Part of it because the, the villain, she is understated. There's hardly hardly any yelling in this. We expect Gary Oldman in the professional yelling in it with a picture of this size. It's, it's wall-to-wall bullets, but I think it, it's... It's film, also an art film. It's not an art film. But um, <laughs> but it, it seems like it wants to be uh, a kick-ass... Red, ex- yeah. the first Expendables, as yeah. far as Machete is over the top, ridiculous action film, and everybody knows it. I don't think everybody knew it on this one. I think the right people knew it, like Carl and the villain. Um, but you know, there's but that and that helps smooth out the you know the cliches of training the rookie and the, the obligatory shootouts right. and, and battles. So so we have we actually have a new sound reaction here at Film Sociology because <laughs> we one of the things we've been we've been we're, we've been trying to find mediocre responses and I think we finally found one. It's not terrible. No, it's not durable. So so there is that. However, also out on DVD and Blu-ray this week and I'm kind of bummed this didn't get uh nominations as far as camera work. But uh, then I didn't go screaming on the interwebs about it. But it's Samsara, 
which if you like uh, the Kiana Quatsi film series, you definitely want to check this out. 25 countries, five years, five continents, and it's no dialogue, but it captures everyday life from the mundane to the dangerous. I mean, they go in really close in... Um, Shot in 70 millimeters. Yeah, in 70 millimeters as well. But, I mean, volcanoes and just even gorgeous dance rituals in in Asia. I mean, it is, you know, you don't need shrooms to enjoy it. Just you can go and and it is a visual marvel. I mean, it's really impressive to watch. So, uh, yeah, the the better the print, you can check this out. And the better, obviously, the better screen you have at home, that's always good. Don't watch this one on on a laptop. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, also on a DVD this week in Blu-ray, new title, Frank and Weenie, which is also... Wow, that'd be some good film in there, Mr. Sosie. <laughs> yes. I like Frank and Weenie. You like Frank and Weenie? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you two questions. Have you, had you seen the short version, the original 15-minute Frank and Weenie no. short? No. You had not. Did you see Paranorman? No. Of course you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That is fine. It is a... the Tim. Hey, look, it's a Tim Burton film that doesn't have Johnny Depp. There's one thing. Because that coupling needs a rest. Um, But it is a cool concept of a boy who wants to keep his dog alive. Mm -hmm. And it's not voiced by Boris Karloff. But um, (laughs) Helena Bonham Carter, is she in it? I've not seen it yet. No, I don't think. No, I don't believe she provides a voice. Cope, would you check IMDb, uh, yeah. please? Uh, Martin Landau's in this, mm-hmm. and that's always a good thing. Yeah, that's always. It's it's not topping my favorite line about Boris Karloff and Ed Wood, which we can <laughs> never repeat, unless it's my last day of work. But I don't want that. Um, but no, it, it it looks cool. But I think yeah, it, for me, I saw Paranorman already, and I already saw the original fifteen-minute short, which I believe is on the Nightmare Before Christmas yeah, mm-hmm. DVD. Edition. So, yeah. you know, they flesh it out. Yeah, I suppose. But it also felt like they they were padding the. I know, and it was funny. Years ago, we griped about the there only being three animated features up for the Academy Award, and this year we have five, and mm-hmm. it kind of feels a little padded. A so, yeah. a little bit. So, Cobe, do we have a no Helena Bonham Carter? Okay. Well, she was too busy being Mrs. Lovett in Les Mis. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so would this be the kind of movie you could let a little kid watch? I, I think mean, so. I mean, there's there's a little down in tears. No. Well, well, uh, I'm not going to ask what's the most disturbing thing you showed your kids. <laughs> Probably um, uh, a little less disturbing than what you've shown yours. Maybe. Man. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's true, but wow, you went there. All right, fine. No, I think so. I think it okay. should be all right. I mean, all there's right. there's a little demonic cat, yeah. but if that's the worst thing. No, we're not a cat family, I think. Oh, you're not a cat? Well, then yeah. you're going to root for the dog. It'll be okay. fine. It'll be fine. Okay, also out is uh, Compliance, which uh, uh, a, a very what I've been told, a very uh, hard-edged, what-would-you-do story. Intense. It's uh, uh, what I've also told. Don't take a date to it. So. <laughs> Craig, you saw it. You, I, you know, I've not actually seen it. I you've but, heard about it. You, yes, yeah. quite a few, quite a few reviews on it, and I hear it's it's pretty intense. Okay, so we also have a house at the end of the street where I want to see the. I don't want to really want to see the dad. Just the fact that Elizabeth Shue is the mom and, uh, and Jennifer Lawrence is the daughter. Yeah. That's a uh, cheat. That also came out on DVD this week. Hmm, wonder why. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Uh, and the latest to get out of debt, Nicolas Cage stars in Stolen, and he re- he teams up once again with Con Air director Simon West, and I don't think even this made it the theater. I was going to so. say that's got to be directed DVD. Yeah, it's directed DVD. Yeah, directed DVD. DVD. Yeah, right yeah. next to right next to uh, to Mr. Sense uh, films <laughs> with with De Niro. So yes, I like the I I owe Mr. yeah Mr. Scent because mm-hmm. I can't say I, I'm not allowed to say Fitty. So oh, you uh, just did. Yeah, see, and and look how dumb sounding that was. So, Mister Scent is fine. Okay, gentlemen, we have a lot of Blu-ray titles, so I I will ask if if you uh, would you would you consider these films yeah. Blu-ray worthy? We're going to start with, of course, Criterion because they are unstoppable. But they have finally put out on Blu-ray Tulane Blacktop. The, I've never even seen. Yeah, it. really, yeah, got me off guard. The Monty Hellman road picture with Warren Oates. And then uh, James Taylor uh-huh. and uh, Dennis Wilson. James Taylor? The yes, James Taylor? G- the, the boring as hell songwriter James Taylor. <laughs> don't, listen, don't, eat, don't listen to James Taylor at Thanksgiving. Yeah. You'll never recover. So, yeah, the James Taylor. And it's a road film, but it's, it's, a little more, uh, it's a little more cerebral than, say, Vanishing Point or The 7-Ups or any other the other great car movies of the huh. 70s. Yeah. So. 
Interesting. Uh, driving Miss Daisy for those that really want to. Criterion, okay. Not on Criterion. That's just, oh, okay. no. The only Criterion just is that. So, that the, one, okay. yeah. Apparently, you know, Warner Brothers has been on a streak lately. They've just been putting out forty to fifty titles a week <laughs> on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's it. So, if you want to irritate, um, if you want to irritate Spike Lee, tell him you like Django Unchained and you bought Driving Miss Daisy <laughs> on Blu-ray. Um, and of course, they also Warner Brothers also does their triple features, um, so you can have not the best-looking picture, right. but you get three movies, three movies for the price of one. This week, they put out The Goonies oh, and nice. Gremlins One and Two. Wow. I'm a huge fan of the Goonies. Yeah, really. I, awesome. I own the Goonies on Blu-ray, and it's uh-huh. a, it's a, it's actually a really good transfer. Yeah, I can only imagine what the triple feature would look like. I, I, you know, yeah, it's a hard movie to watch. Kind of like even back in the day, like on film. So to watch it on Blu-ray is so-so, but to watch it kind of at a lower res on Blu-ray with gives you a nostalgia <laughs> feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think Goonies held up well. Gremlins, I don't know. Gremlins two, especially. Well, that's, and, uh, yeah. the new batch, right? I, I never got into either for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, no, di- are, now Craig, can you give us other examples of of doing that for for better effect? What do you mean? As far as putting, you said putting a a, a DVD onto a Blu-ray player, like, like to up convert? No, no, down like you like you just convert. said. Yeah, like you just said. I mean, you know, obviously there's only so much space on a Blu-ray, so you put you know more information on Blu-ray, it's gonna mm-hmm. bring the quality down. You know, Goonies looks really good by itself on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could give you a good example of anything that's kind of been brought down. I don't think I own any of the okay. triple feature discs. But, like, you know, any any disc that you have that has multiple commentaries or whatever, it's going to bring kind of the quality of the overall picture down, I guess, a little bit. Okay. All right, so we have that. Um, French Kiss, the the not very good Lawrence Kasdan romantic comedy with Meg Ryan and uh, Kevin Klein yeah, doing right. a ridiculous French accent. Yeah, horrible. Kevin Klein highlighted that picture. Mrs. Miniver, the original. Um, is it Betty Davis? 1942. Hmm. Warner Brothers out there. Grand Hotel, the original Grand Hotel. The original 1962 Cape Fear. Oh, yes. Gregory Peck, Robert Mitchum, J. Lee Thompson, and Albert Bernstein's score. Very, very cool. And uh, That's on Blu-ray? That is on Blu-ray. Really? Universal. Yeah, I believe it's Universal, so you can... You can see how subtle that film is by comparison to the Scorsese's version, and I love the Scorsese's version. I do too, but yeah. you know, I didn't see the the classic until after I saw Scorsese's, and I actually prefer the classic. Do you? I do. How so? I, I don't know. I, part of it's Gregory Peck. You know, it's hard nobody to, wants to. You don't want Atticus Finch in peril. Yeah, no, 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 no not at and all. And then to to not have Juliette Lewis sucking thumbs. Right. Uh. Yeah, that was just weird. Just well, too weird. Yeah, but I I think but I, I think what. Scorsese had to do was was really smart. Of course, is to make the family dysfunctional yeah, and yeah, right. and the you know made made the angel heart say, "Hey, calm down." When it came to religious overtones right. of, of redemption, so I understand that. But yeah, I think uh, you know you get to be you know Gregory Peck, who prior to that didn't do a whole lot of thrillers. I uh-huh. mean, he you know I, I know he had that two year stint of uh, three year stint of The Omen and then uh, Boys from Brazil, but but. Thriller movies were not always there. I mean, yeah, he worked with Hitchcock, but I think Spellbound was a completely different ball yeah. of wax. But he hadn't mm-hmm. really done a a scary movie, and and I think I think both Cape Fears are very very scary. And uh, you know, if it if it weren't for Night of the Hunter, that would be Mitchum at his most oh, at his most demonic, right. I think. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, Night of the Hunter is what I watched on Halloween. That's actually coming up on uh, IMA's Winter Film Series. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I think tonight, tonight actually, they're showing Sin, Sin City. City. Yeah. So now, in thirty-five, they're showing a thirty-five print. Really? Yeah. Now, will they also have the audience reaction from Austin playing underneath? Because Robert Rodriguez likes <sighs> oh, to do yeah. that it was on his DVD. So anyway, but yeah, the original Cape Fear, well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to do a compare contrast, there you can't get any better than those. Um, the Bone Collector, Denzel Washington doesn't move. Um, is that Angelina Jolie? And Angelina Jolie yeah. is a cop. Isn't yeah. that great? Um, <laughs> great. Uh, the original jazz singer, so it's Al Jolson in blackface, not Neil Diamond. <laughs> not Greenface, as, uh, as Sammy Terry once said. Um, the Lost Films of Herschel Gordon Lewis. Now, of course, Herschel Gordon Lewis gave us the Gore Gore Girls, Wizard of Gore, uh, two, 2000 Maniacs. Because the other one's Natalie Merchant, um, <laughs> but this is—I think these are his more uh, his more skin flicks. They are Linda and Abilene. 
ecstasies of women and black love. And it's interesting because I just came across a Herschel Gordon Lewis film I had never seen. And it'll, it happens. Shut up. (laughs) Um, And it'll be out. It should be. You can read about a little bit in the blog next week in staff picks, but it's she devils on wheels. Which is it I, the werewolf? Are they no, werewolves? no, no, okay, not werewolves the, on wheels. Okay. Wow, you know that Sorry. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you I own it? Confu- no, I don't own it. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, well, it's funny you mentioned werewolves on wheels because that was a nominee in the Golden Turkey Awards for best, worst, I should say, worst biker movie. Yeah. And it lost out to Satan's Sadist. <laughs> With Russ Tamblin in the lead role, and, and I, I actually own that. Um, but yeah, this one, I, and we'll talk more about it next week. But uh, um, one fine day, if you want George Clooney and Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer on Blu-ray, there is that. The Brothers Grimm, which I talked about earlier, Scrooged, which is always fun to put out in January. Yeah, after, after the holidays. Is it going to be fifty percent off? Is, I guess is what I'm wondering. Um, Rush Hour Three. Now that well, you know they, they're they're it's that Chris Tucker almost got nominated wave of uh, of antis- No, it's not. <laughs> um, and then two more triple features from Warner Brothers. We have Happy Feet, The Ant Bully, and Scooby Doo. Hmm. That's a rough three. That, that is that's, a rough. That's a rough three. three and then nine. there's a triple feature, Kobe. I'm afraid I wouldn't be surprised if it wound up at your at your house. What's that? Time Traveler's Wife. P.S. I love you, and the lake house. Mm. You don't know any of those, do you? I think uh, we own them all individually. No, I think I think we have P.S. I love you on DVD. Do you really? I think she does. Yes, she does. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make that distinction. Once again, Doctor Sosi, film therapist, reminds. Mr. Slagle, that apparently co-patient Mr. Shabazz is endorsing and enforcing the three-to-one rule when it comes to husband-wife film picks. So there's there's that for you. All right. Let's take a short break, and we'll start talking about the awards because it's the film geeks' uh, bracketology. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Hi, Craig. Hi, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to That's Film a great so- intro. Thank you. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Soce. Craig Mintz and uh, Stephen Cook are hanging out with us. Uh, Stephen, what have, you, what have you seen recently? New, old, or different? Uh, I recently saw Skyfall. Finally got to see uh, the new Bond flick. And where should we 
we really be seeing it next? You, I think uh, I think it's playing maybe on one of like the most giganticest screen in the town. Giganticest, which, uh, which is IMAX. You yes, should be going yes. to see it in IMAX. Uh, saw it last weekend. Uh, now, d- did you go alone or did you take family with well, you? Well, actually, I took my wife, and there's a good story there because I'm a huge theater geek as well. No. And, yes. Yes, so, I can tell you some of his performances if you see me on the street. Oh, don't. They're not in YouTube. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Yeah, exactly. But last weekend, uh, it was date night, and we were going to go see a flick. And I actually suggested Les Mis, thinking this might score points with my wife. And she said, oh, way to go trade secrets. What, what? And then she said, no, I want to see the Bond movie. So, I, you know, I had to go because otherwise I would have always, always loved you, Marnie. I would yeah. have lost my man card had I put up a fight. You so. know what? Real men don't have cards. They don't need them. <laughs> well, I'm glad we saw Bond because it was awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's a really good kind of film for like couples. It's, it's it really is. Flick. I mean, and, and yeah, I took I took the smarter two thirds. A few weeks ago, Emma, the kids' film correspondent, who who's too cool to be here today, uh, but she she's sat through all of the Conneries except for Diamonds Are Forever. Okay, so we're, I'm ready nice. to move her into Roger Moore. Uh, I, Are you I, gonna do it? Yeah, but I, I see. I need to get my copy of On Her Majesty's Secret Service back. Oh, hi, Kobe. How you doing? <laughs> doing good. Good. Yeah. Subtle. Um, yeah, you can skip Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. I know, but i, I got to talk to her about this. I do want to start with, because the first Bond film I ever saw in theaters, on Dort Highway, oh, yeah. the old Flint Cinema, right. was The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh-huh. And that's a hell of a first film to have. Right. So, Craig, what was your first in theaters? Bond? Yes. Octopussy. Yes. Good choice. We don't get to say that very often, so we enjoy that. See? My first one was For Your Eyes Only, and I think I had the... Uh, the movie poster of that for many years. I bet you did. Yeah. Great legs. Yes. Was it a show place? Um, actually, I saw it on vacation with my grandparents. Oh, okay. Because, full disclosure, Stephen and I grew up together, yep. and uh, so we know all the theaters. But there was the yeah, Door Highway, the Flint Cinema, now Whore Haven. Um, <laughs> those who are from Flint know what I'm talking about. But that was the it was the one single screen yeah. to see stuff. I saw Rocky there. Uh-huh. I saw Reds. I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. I saw Star Wars, the neighborhood um, cinema, like where everybody went to, to no, see this. Dort Highways, um, I don't even. I guess it's we didn't venture over there that often. Well, you went. You were better to go see a matinee yeah. in the daytime. I would say, for lack of a better comparison, I'd say Dort Highway is a little east or west Washington Street ish. <laughs> yeah, I think on, I think you could buy bootleg DVDs on on Dort Highway now, mm-hmm. but we had Dort Highway. We had the Genesee Valley Four. Uh-huh. Which um, and Genesee Valley Four was the one they would occasionally get the odd foreign or either foreign or independent film right. that you know somebody just came through with a canister and they just put it out there. You Empty had the theater. They're like, here, play this. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> there was. I, I remember. I saw Heartland. I saw the uh, Conchata Farrell Rip Torn movie. Their local hero. Did you say Rip Torn. Not not personally, <laughs> no. I, um, and then we had the the Grand Blank Cinemas, uh-huh. and then uh, the Dort Cinemas. It was two. Um, I do remember seeing movies at uh, downtown. Oh, okay. Uh, they were they were no they were not doing movies. They were doing other bad things downtown yeah. at the at the cinemas there. And then uh, then we got the six screen multiplex. Mm-hmm. I remember in '79 the Burtons. It was a uh, Shoke Place six. Yep. I like how expanded. a multiplex back in then was six screens. Six. Yeah. And, and it now was, it's like thirty. To us it was huge. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. huge because I remember you know I I remember my mother giving me a twenty. It's like I'll you know drop me off at noon and go I'll pick you up at nine. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Y'all, you just have those days. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, but yes, you uh, you did. And you and Marnie enjoyed Skyfall? Skyfall was excellent. I mean, yeah, and she enjoyed it as well. I mean, great action. For a movie as long as it was, it totally kept her interest, as I'm Agreed. sure we talked about. And Most definitely. The, the action set pieces, one to the next, it wasn't like, it wasn't an obvious. It was part of the character development of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I like um, how it harkened back to yes. the original Bond with the, the Craig. Uh, it, it actually took the reboot and went back to like the original bond. It's got a great balance yeah. of re- of of stuff we want to see yeah. and you know there's there's a the re- you know the great reveal of a character that I want to give away yeah. and uh, and a part of bond's past but also just new stuff to move it along. It it also helps that you have I think it was Josh Lo- John Logan who was co- one of the co-writers of the screenplay. Right. But the fact that that Bond and M have to deal with their Mortality, yeah, mm-hmm. and, exactly. And so, you know, we—I don't think we could have gotten away with a Bond film like that ten years ago, exactly, or ever, prior to that. So now, now, Craig, how did you guys 
Fernagel, that's a word, um, getting Skyfall at, uh, at IMAX. Uh, you know, our theater's an, an original print IMAX theater, so we actually still show prints, like seven, 1570 you. print IMAX. Uh, and those prints are actually very hard to come by. Uh, so it's played digitally in IMAX and both in both IMAX and digital cinemas. So we had an open slot. It was available. You know, I'm big on film, and I saw it. Actually, drove up to Chicago. My wife went with me. It was kind of a date weekend. We yeah, that's a road to, trip. It was wow. a road trip to go see this film at a print-based IMAX theater because it's it's worth it. I mean, it truly yeah. is worth it if you're going to see it. So when I had the opportunity, I had the slot. I was like. I'll put it in. I've only got, you know, so many slots at our theater, so it's only really playing on the weekends for the next couple weekends. But it's like this market needs to see or experience this film in IMAX just even for the sound alone. It's right. definitely worth the trip. So, and it's um so how how long are you running it? This weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the following weekend. So next weekend we're showing it as okay. well. Okay. And it's got a few nods, so definitely definitely worth Do checking definitely, out. Yeah, definitely. So, and now and what else is showing over at uh, at IMAX? Uh, we have some traditional fare playing right now, a, a film called Space Junk 3D, which is about satellite debris. It's actually quite interesting. Uh, Tornado Alley 3D, which follows, if you're a fan of the, I think it's a Discovery series called Storm Chasers. Uh-huh. It's actually the film that they make in that TV, TV series. And then a film about polar bears called To the Arctic. Polar bears. Polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, ex- explanation of inside joke. Um, at Bloomington, in the, in their library, or library if you're the Hansboroughs, um, they have two polar polar bears outside of their library, and uh, when when Emma was uh, about two, she would refer to them as the polar bears. <laughs> polar bears. And so. speaking of IU, ah yes, uh, Kobe, the, you're also the IU film correspondent yes. here at Film Sociology. Yes, Congratulations on your new job. No pay, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Title by name only. Yes. What's what's going on at IU Cinema? They're back in session. IU Cinema is back in session, just as classes are this week. Tonight, seven o'clock, taboo drama, foreign language. Okay. Also, uh, tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Sunday, uh, seven again. But Sunday afternoon, three p.m. Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, man. oh, oh man! Big screen. Yeah, it's the only way to see it. Yeah, and I'm going to a hockey game with my daughter. Um, cool. But That's Lawrence cool. is there Monday night too, seven o'clock. I'll have to see. I just bought the box set, the Lawrence of Arabia mm-hmm. box set. I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but yeah, it's it's definitely there. Do we have? Uh, and then a weird transition uh, after Lawrence of Arabia on the 14th. On the 15th, you have Spider Man Two. Don't know how you get there because because uh, Alfred Molina is the best thing about that film is uh, Doc Ock. Quite good. And a medicinal chainsaw, which that, you yes. rarely see. In <laughs> that is film. that is that is true, Craig. Is, uh, Cole, do we have do we have Mike Perry's tribute? Let's do it since you mentioned it. Wait, what? This is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah, is from yeah. the Hollywood Knights, one of the more underappreciated. Uh, Robert Wool s- slot. No, not, yes, this is the one that put Robert Wool on the map. Don't uh-huh. don't blame the movie for that. This was when. Um, and also, young Fran Drescher is in this picture, but the big star at the time was yeah, Tony Danza. And there was also a young Michelle Pfeiffer in this picture as well. But this was, yeah, one of the, for me, probably my favorite of the slob comedies of the late 70s, early 80s. Floyd Muttrucks, who directed uh, American Hot Wax, also directed this picture. And it's Chris, or Halloween 1965, and Tubby's driving, it's closing, and there's a gang from, uh, a, a car gang called the Hollywood Knights. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's their last. It's their last night at their hangout, and of course, with these slob comedies come the bumbling police officers who have stunning conversations like this. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, he's an English guy. He came to fight the Turkish. Okay, Clark, right there. That's what I'm talking about. Lawrence of Arabia doesn't have any lyrics to it. Doesn't have any words. What do you mean doesn't have lyrics? It's music. To it. It's music. Hey, I've seen the movie four times. And there were no words to it. What do you There are no words to that. There are, hey. Did, some, did you hear what I was saying earlier? Somewhere <laughs> I know that somebody, I think, wrote lyrics to this song. <laughs> that was actually my the first R-rated movie, I think. I the Hollywood saw. Nights was? I think so. That thing was on cable? When you yeah, see it on cable. yeah. That thing was on cable, like early HBO. <laughs> right. That was on a lot. Yeah. 
That was embarrassing. I remember sitting in my living room. I don't remember how old I was. <clears throat> way too young to be watching it with my parents behind me. Oh, they that were they were awkward. watching too. That was awkward. How they like the uh, <laughs> they like the one armed violinist? Uh, I don't know. I was probably not looking away from the screen at all. Yeah, but look how you turned out. That's right. So you're fine. See, nothing wrong with that. Anyway, so yeah, Lawrence of Arabia m- Sunday at IU Cinema. So you have that. You have Sin City at the IMA. Of course, Skyfall. Skyfall oh. is uh, this weekend and next weekend at IMAX downtown. Definitely worth checking Skyfall. out. Skyfall. Okay, calm down. Uh, okay, so yesterday the Academy Award nominations came out, and as I said before, I'm glad I wasn't online. I'm, I saw the nominations, and then I went and went about my day because I just didn't want to get my knickers too much into a twist because that's usually the first thing. It's Nobody celebrates what did get recognized. Uh, it's more about, it's about who, yeah, who got robbed. So, so I always I'm, do the right thing. That's so sad. <laughs> Wow, that was good. <laughs> that film also not nominated for Best Picture. Um, that being said, I'm really happy for uh, Beast of the Southern Wild, which was my top film of last year. Life of Pi, which was my number two film of last year. Um, really happy that uh, more people are going to. And and of course, the thing about the Academy Awards is it's it's good business. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. people can say that they don't do movies for the awards and you just do it for the work. Well. That's fine, but it's also good business. Um, you know, Roger Ebert famously said, if you're nominated, you're guaranteed one picture. If you win, you're guaranteed three. Yeah. So it's good for folks' careers, and it's good for money. Uh, that being said, really happy about, like I said, Beast of the Southern Wild and Life of Pi. Really happy that uh, Quizon Wallace is nine years old, getting Best, uh, best Actress nomination as well as Emmanuel Riva, who is 85 for Amour. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are nine films up for Best Picture. I think, what, you can have ten? Ten. So I'm asking, why isn't Skyfall in the ten? No doubt, yeah. I, it really... So let before we before we break in, I was like, gentlemen, my yeah. guests, I always do this now every year, because uh, yeah. now that we have more than five category, five nominees... So everybody gets a, a trophy and a juice cup. Um, <laughs> Craig, what would your five be? Top five of what's nominated. Of what's nominated, what would be the five if we were if yeah. we were grown ups in a, in a real world that that the studios wouldn't be griping. Hmm. Uh, you know, honestly, I've I've missed a couple of them. I still got to catch up. That's all right. Uh, I really, really like Silver Lining Playbook. Like, I really thought that was a solid flick. Uh-huh. That's the one with Bradley Cooper, right? Uh, Academy yes. Award nominated Bradley Cooper. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, he's on there. yeah no, I'd Gina's was, squealing. I'd say it was a tie between that and Django for me. I, I liked Django quite a bit. Beasts of the Southern Wild, excellent film. Uh, Lincoln, I've not seen. Life of Pi really liked. Uh, mm. I thought Ang Lee did a great job with that. I liked it. In 3D, I don't know if you saw it in 3D, yes. but I thought yeah. it, it actually played really well. In yeah, there's 3D. yeah, not that is actually worth checking out yeah. in 3D if you can, and if you get the opportunity, see it in 3D. It was made for 3D. Okay, Steve, I haven't seen all of them either. That's all in right. In fact, this is the best month for me of the year because I can actually start catching up on films after they're nominated. Right, you know they're going to stick around a while. I've seen Lincoln, I've seen Argo. And I saw Skyfall, and I thought that was going to be nominated. But, I mean, even out of Lincoln and Argo, it's hard to say which is which. Apples and oranges. Um, big Apergences. Apergences and oranges. But I, I, I really liked Argo, and um, I was surprised, um, though, with some of the, you know, like you said, some of the folks who didn't get nominated for, like, Best Director. Um, Bigelow. Tom Hooper for Les Mis. Then you see Catherine Bigelow for Zero Dark Thirty. Well, and you can almost discount those. So any of the folks who were not nominated for Best Director. So I and that, so whenever anybody does that, whenever you're know, like, because yeah, no, Catherine Bigelow and Ben Affleck apparently got got the screw job. Yeah. But so the question is, who do you replace with them? Who do you take out? Do you take out Michael Hankey for Amour or it's tough? I or mean, yeah. of the from Wild? I mean, it's five. It's a solid. Take, yeah. It's a solid five for yeah. director. Yeah. For me, my five would be um, Zero Dark Thirty, Life of Pi, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, and, and Argo. Mm-hmm. So, Jacko. Jacko. I know. Well, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And, of course, this year's Meryl Streep winner when it comes to weird, wrong category for screen time. Congratulations, Christoph Waltz. You're in two hours of a two-hour and 40-minute film, but <laughs> we're shoving you in supporting actor. I know why they did right. it. I know. They've done this before. Yeah. Um, I you know 
he was amazing, and, and but I know he's got a better shot at it in the supporting actor category. I understand. Yeah, and then you compare like to Tommy Lee Jones and Lincoln, who really wasn't in there all that much. But he's got fire and brimstone, and that's the Tommy Lee Jones we love, know and love. We love him berating yeah. people. Plus, he had to you know really hold back while doing Hope Springs, which is another underappreciated mm-hmm. film that he did with Meryl Streep earlier this year. Let's not forget Beatrice Strait did five minutes in Network and and nailed it. So well, it's it's the shorter I, ones that like are usually the better kind of when they get nominated. Those are the ones that I I like to think are going to be favored. Impact. Yeah, they make the they make the punch. So I guess I'm I'm so I'm curious as far as best picture, who 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 are you guys pulling for right now? I, honestly, I've not seen it, but I, you know the buzz is around Lincoln. You know, I think everybody kind of leans toward that one. So I need to take that one in. Although Zero Dark Thirty, I think, is nipping at its heels. Having gotten a release kind of later in the year, uh, it's got to kind of catch up, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I always look at, who, again, who was nominated for Best Director. Because whoever was not nominated for Best Director, they don't stand a chance. So uh, if you look at the past, in the past, like, five movies would get nominated for Best Picture, right? Right. And then usually four of those directors would so, get nominated for yeah, Best Picture. Yeah, there would be one off, right? right. Yeah. So right. that one never won. So I'm looking at the nine and thinking the other ones maybe. Maybe not so much. So it might be. Lincoln. I don't know. They like to mix it up nowadays. I mean, they've yeah. got you know, what's his name hosting it this year? Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. I'm sorry. Also, yeah. Academy Award nominated Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> you know, can I was just he up say something that? for Ted? Yeah, lyrics. Ah. He wrote. He wrote a song that's up for best original song. Nice. Maybe this is my age or what I watch and listen to now. But I'm a huge Oscars fan. When they announced he was the host, I said, "Who?" <laughs> well, because Bob Hope and. Bob Hope's dead and Billy Crystal's near dead and well I just think James Franco screwed it up last year so right yeah. so oh, yeah. and Hugh Jackman well he's busy so <laughs> that's all right uh, you know now and people talk about the you know if director and picture should be the same and of course I'm the d bag that says screenplay and director should be the same yeah. so yeah. you know that's that's also a solid thing um so I don't know. I'm I'm still pushing for Beast of the Southern Wild. It doesn't stand a chance, but it was my top film. It's a nice underdog. It, it really is, and it's really cool that it's gotten a lot of recognition. What do you? All right, what are you smirking at? Craig Kirby called Slingle? it an underdog film, and I. It, uh, oh, did it remind you of Butler? Yeah, it's a but- fun. It's so it's a scrappy. It's, it's a scrappy young white team that won't get drafted. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That's great. So it beats IU. Oh. It's not going to beat Lincoln. It's not. It's it could, just hey. Uh, Saving Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love. Thank it, God it, for it that, too. And by the way, I was, of course, debunked about one of my – you guys will appreciate this. Chris Lloyd, I'm giving you credit for this. Um, he debunked one of my favorite movie rants, and it was about Saving Private Ryan. My original rant was, if you remember – well, it's and it's, of course, movie revisionism – is – there's that movie at the very beginning where the old guy is at Arlington National Cemetery and then he drops down to his knee and then the flashbacks begin. Right. I thought for the, for for the life of me I could have sworn that it's a extreme close up of the old man's eyes and it morphs into Tom Hanks's face. You're right. It yeah. does not happen. It does not. Uh, because cause then my complaint was uh-huh. at the end of the film, and besides, if you haven't seen it in 15 years, get over it. <laughs> but um, And, of course, at the end of the film, we find out it's actually Matt Damon. It's actually Private right. Ryan, to which I, of course, screamed. I did not scream shenanigans. I screamed something else. How could this guy remember the first two hours of the film he's not in? And and at the it's a valid it, point. At it's the a POV, Indiana, it violates the POV. Yeah, at the Indiana Film Journalists Association's intense meetings over our awards at Chris Lloyd's house, <laughs> very intense. It's like the NHL lockout and a contract negotiation here at FYI, all rolled into one. Um, he brought out his DVD of Saving Private Ryan and showed me uh-huh. I was wrong. Uh-huh. So yes, there's, but how can he tell? The story when he's well, not in the beginning. So, so there's a shot, but there's a shot of the beach and the boat, and then there's another guy, and then the shaky Tom Hanks hand, and then it's Tom Hanks. Okay. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, fine. But uh, you know, Cary Grant never said Judy, and you know, uh, James Cagney never said you dirty rat. And that film, Tom Sizemore still didn't get, did not give a mud hole stomping to Ed Burns, and that's why it didn't win Best Picture. <laughs> and and I want two guys from the same region. I want oh, yeah. two southern yeah, guys from the same right. platoon. I want two Jews from New York in the same region. Not one from each United Colors of Benetton. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Well, oh, right, Lincoln. Um, but it's still the movie has a chance. The smaller movies have a chance to campaign and and and, and more people will see it. So, yeah. I'm so I'm happy about that, but I don't think it's going to I don't think it has a chance. Um, 
we were talking earlier about animated uh, because it's not a, not a particularly strong year. First year they've had like a full slate I in think. a while. Yeah, in, in a, a while. while. And you have Brave, Frank and Weenie, Paranorman, The Pirates, Band of Misfits, which I still need to see. Mm-hmm. And for me, the front runner is Wreck It Ralph because that yes. was the biggest surprise yeah. of the year. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, okay, so let's we'll move over to to actor. You have Bradley Cooper. Gina Wagner is squealing with delight over Silver Linings Playbook. Daniel Day Lewis and Lincoln. Hugh Jackman and Les Mis. Joaquin Phoenix in The Master and Denzel Washington in Flight. You 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 wince at Flight. I I, I think this the is hotel a... room scene is a big problem with me. <laughs> I've heard. I actually have oh, not. You, okay, it's one you're... of the one of the movies I've not seen. But I, it just this category seems awfully weighted. Like it seems fairly certain who's going to win this one. Dade Lewis. Yeah. And I, I have, my buddy Jeff Marker is really pushing for Joaquin Phoenix and the Master. I think if you, apparently, I need to watch Silver Linings Playbook a second time. I liked it. I was not as bowled over with it. I think compared to others, I would say take out Bradley Cooper and put in Christoph Waltz, and you got a five some right there. Uh, but I did, I did enjoy it. I think my only quibble with Silver Linings is like Lincoln. And there's, there were a few films like this where it, the ending, the fact that it had to depend on a dance. Now, I know it was a different twist yeah. on the romantic comedy climax. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because we had folks with real problems compared to the problems of Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey, which I think those two are far more psychotic than Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence in this film. <laughs> but, uh, but the fact that it did come to that kind of took. As Ron Jaworski said, it, would, it took some of the wind out of the balloon for me on that one. So, but I will check that out. Uh, De Niro is is pitch perfect in it. Like, and you as know a what? Supporting, I, I thought he was amazing. I, I've been saying for a while he needs one more home run. This, all, I want him to have a home run. I think in a lead. Yeah. But it was really happy to see him. And I think, um, oh gosh, I can't remember if it was Nick or Sam, one of the other IFJA guys. This was a piece of trivia I did not know because. Another surprise is Jackie Weaver, who I absolutely loved in Animal Kingdom, and I highly recommend that. That is one of the best mob films, and she is one of the scariest ladies in cinema in the last decade. But but the fact that Silver Linings Playbook is the first film in th- over 30 years yeah. to have picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Yeah. Wow. Can anybody yeah. name the last film? Craig. Reds. Correct. Wow. Very good. Mm-hmm. Maureen Stapleton won and Warren Beatty won for Best Director that year. I do that, As soon as he said that, I went, oh, yeah. But it was a great little piece I started thinking about and going through uh, Wikipedia. Not the news source here of film sociology. <laughs> that's The Onion. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so that that's a very – yeah, and, of course, somebody's going to be a two-time winner in the supporting uh, supporting category. Chris Tucker got robbed. Shut up! No, he didn't. <laughs> I'm looking at my list. I'm like, what? all right, guys. I guess so. When when we're watching, um, is there a particular category or is there a particular nominee in any category that you're you're personally rooting for, Craig? I always like screenplay, like mm-hmm. original screenplay, and I have to go with Quentin on this one. If, if anything, really, if Django's going to win anything, I think it's an original screenplay. Boy, I'd like for that to happen. Well, <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom, though, is a was a solid flick. So I really enjoyed Moonrise. Oh, yeah, and he is not. I wouldn't be surprised because he hasn't won yet either. Yeah, I guess looking, you know, the the song category is always usually just a dog, and mm. this is like I love the Adele song Skyfall. Um, I haven't heard some of the others, but at least I've you know from what I've read about the others, at least you've got a quality song this year. Yeah, that's right. Gonna win. And I, it's gotten radio play. Uh-huh. I, it's just it's kind of set up to win. Yeah. Now and and also usually in traditionally, if you look in the past, that uh, you can get and and I'm I'm bringing up something that uh, that Craig brought up off air was bad films who get nominated. And I know you were taking umbrage with uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. It's for costume, and it's for did I get, uh, visual? visual. Yeah, visual yeah, effects. Visual yeah. effects. Do you, so those are, those are I think, pretty valid, despite the film being no fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> that might, at least you know, it had like, a redeeming quality, right? The problem is I, you know, Mirror Mirror needed to be darker, and Snow White needed to lighten the bleep up yeah. big time. I couldn't even finish Snow White. 
and it wasn't just Kristen Stewart's horrible performance. There was. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll get to her in a little bit because that's coming next. So, um, I guess I'm going for the Susan Lucci of cinematographers. That's Roger Deakins. Uh, Skyfall is a great looking film, not just a Bond, a great looking Bond. It's not a great Bond film. It's a great film, period. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's why. It transcends Bond. It does. Yeah, it does. I think it anybody really who, yeah, anybody who's offended by Octopussy and Pussy Galore, this and, redeems it. Yeah, Agent Goodhead. <laughs> well, maybe, but uh, but yeah, you can you can check out Skyfall and, and enjoy the the film in and of itself. Well, what, what I like about it, and not that I'm tooting my own horn at the IMAX, I will. It, toot, it, it toot. is a, it is a standalone film. Like you could not see any of the Bond films and walk into this and really enjoy this film. Agreed. In Agreed. fact, you should not see Quantum of Solace. Yes, I, Quantum I, of Solace. Yeah. Well, now as a Sequel Quantum of Solace is okay, it's but a as decent, a standalone, yeah, it's a yeah. decent stepping stone film. Yeah. Now that we've watched Casino Royale and gone to Skyfall, like, yeah. okay, now we know why those made. Now stick with Daniel Craig for the next ten years, please. I, I think he's got. I don't think he's maybe hopefully. done. He's signed on for two more. Two Has more, yeah. so yes. I can handle okay. two more. That's, that'll be cool. And of course, you can check out the Oscars February twenty fourth at seven o'clock. Well, actually, I think that means the ceremony won't start till seven thirty. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned Kirsten Stewart. So, yes, of course, in the time honor tradition, the week, the day before the Oscars come out, the Razzie Awards come out. And uh, here's your, your five films up for Worst Picture. Starting off, my pick for Worst Film of 2012, that's Battleship. You have the Oogie Loves in Big Balloon Adventure, which now I have to see just out of curiosity because I've heard absolutely horrid things about it. And there was a great write-up about it in The Onion. Ooh, that's my boy, because that's the annual Adam Sandler film. A Thousand Words, that's the annual Eddie Murphy film. And uh, the frontrunner, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. We're already being called a hater at an apartment house somewhere in Fishers. You drink your haterade, I and do you drink my hater. being a hater. Yeah, well, let's see. Other, yeah, other frontrunners, Kristen, Kristen Stewart, she's up for Snow White and the Huntsman and Twilight Saga. Although she's got hard company. Barbara Streisand in The Guilt Trip, Mila Jovovich in Resident Evil, Katherine Heigl in One for the Money, and Tyler Perry, because he uh, plays a woman in drag, and it's, <laughs> oh, he, cause it's, and it's the Razzies. And they, yeah, okay. uh, worst actor, Nicolas Cage in everything he's done. No, this year it was <laughs> Ghost Rider 2 in Seeking Justice. Nobody saw it. Didn't see right. it. Yeah, Eddie Murphy in A Thousand Words. Robert Pattinson in Twilight, Tyler Perry in Good Deeds, and Alex Cross and Adam Sandler for Was it a double nod for him? Double nod. Wow. Yeah. Because he's in for worse actress, and he's in for worse actor, (laughs) because they hate Tyler Perry. That's fine. That's okay. Um, Do I really want to go through the rest of these? No, not really. Okay. So Movies you don't want to see. Do you guys ever have to suffer through any of these? Well, like I said, with Snow White and the Huntsman, couldn't even finish it. Yeah. I made wow. the mistake. I was sick one day, and I stopped at Redbox. It was like the only thing they oh, had, and I, the I'm only thing here. there was like one movie in that monstrosity. One, literally, it was one choice, and it's like <laughs> I, I wanted to see it, but it's yeah, like going just... to the vending machine, and all that's in there is corn nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We're using that cope. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I I sat through a lot. No, no you, have you heard of Oogie Loves and I've the, never the big? Heard of yeah, no. This is this is it? a film that. It was independently made, and it was supposed to be. It's a. It's an audience participa- participation film for kids, little kids, and they're kind of. They look like uh, Teletubbies and Boobas if they were in a dolly painting, and they're supposed to find. Their, I can't remember what they're supposed to find, but, um, but yeah, some of some of the actors who signed on to this: Christopher Lloyd, uh, Carrie Elwes. Um, Chaz Palminteri, Cloris Leachman, and apparently the thing is, it's supposed to have kids specifically run up and down the aisles and make noise and jump around. The one thing we absolutely detest children in theaters to do, and now there's a movie yeah, that's saying, yeah. and now there's a movie that's saying right. it's okay it to do it. it. So, um, but apparently had one of the worst opening weekends in cinema history as far as recording box office results. There's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. But I think now out of sick curiosity, since I've not peppered my November and December with watching all of the bad films, um, there's that. All right. Do we have words? That we need words to live by? Silent Green is people! Zardoz has spoken. 
Okay, I guess I guess we'll do Dead People We Like next week. So, uh, Craig, Steve, thank you so much for hanging out. Go thank see you. Skyfall at IMAX and uh, and take take ten people with you because it's worth it. Find somebody who hasn't seen a Bond movie and go check that out. So, go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. We go. Good night, Fort Myers. Hi, Fort Myers. <laughs>